Come on, talk to me. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I'm honored to be here with the angel of this house. Come on, celebrate the pastor of this house. <laughs> celebrate him. Celebrate him. Come on. I love this man of God. I love the grace that's on his life. Love his lovely wife, Vanessa Patora. I love her. She, she was, her and her mom were so kind to me in Bible college, just so kind. And everything that I needed, I always went up to her mother to bother her and her. And they helped me so much in Bible college. So this man and his lovely wife have been instrumental. Come on, can you give it up to God for them one more time? Can somebody say amen? amen. How many know we're going to have fun this week? Amen. All right. All right, all right. You don't convince me with that, but we'll get there. How many know? How many know we're gonna have fun this week? God is gonna minister. I believe that. Can you say amen? All right. Now I want my lovely wife to come up here, sweetheart. Come up. I have my lovely wife Lydia with me. She is. I want everybody up up here in the church to see that you and I are the same color. Hallelujah. This is my lovely wife. Why you guys are laughing? This is my lovely wife, Lydia. Can you greet the church, my love? God bless you. It's an honor to be here. As Matias said, we met Vanessa and yes. Pastor. I got to call you guys pastors. I'm like, oh, this is going to be hard. I'm going to be like, Tom, Tom Tommy, um, Pastor Tom. Do they call you Tom or Thomas? Pastor Thomas and Pastora Vanessa. Yes. And now we have all of our five children running around in the house and it's just amazing to see where the Lord has brought both of us yes. in ministry and so it's just been an honor to connect with them and to be here and I love that this is a church of all nations. Yes. I've already met my hermanas de Santo Domingo over here and um, as as Pastor was saying, we go to Nepal, Kenya, Burundi, Tanzania, India. We've been to Colombia, Haiti, Dominican Republic. And so we are evangelists. We go all over the world. But how many people know that we're waiting for the Lord to come, not only in those nations, but here in America? We, we are waiting to see a revival here. And we're believing that Jesus is coming so soon and that... The, the people of the United States are going to be a part of this big wave, this, this wave of revival that's coming. And so I know that this church is going to be a part of that, is going to be a part of the, the next great awakening in the United States. And that when people start seeking the Lord at a, at a new level, that this church is going to be here ready to receive those people who are hungry for what the Lord is doing in this time. So I pray that you're blessed by the word. I pray that you're blessed by our team. We have our team. Can our more ministries team stand in the back? Phil and Michaela, Lisa, Joseph, Liz Marie, Sophia, Alyssa. This is our team. They've come from Connecticut to be with us. Um, our staff and our ministers that work with us. And so we're raising up as well, a team and a generation to go out and do the work of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we, you introduced Jeremiah, Sophia, and Wonder, our three awesome kids. 
We have wonderful weather right here, wonderful grace. And then Jeremiah and Sophia are they in Kids Church in the back? Praise God. Can you stand on your feet? We're so happy and honored to be here. I'm just, I'm in awe of God. I love seeing the hand of God. And just to see Pastor Thomas <laughs> in Bible College and to see him with this lovely church now, it just got me excited. It's just, I, I, man, I'm just happy. Glory to God. Can somebody say amen? All right, I want to take you guys to the scripture. And I want to go to, I want to go to Luke. I'm going to start in Luke. Praise God. Luke 22, hallelujah. Luke 22, and I want to begin in verse 30. Just open up your Bibles with me. Luke 22, and I want to go to verse... 30. Okay. Then I'm going to go to all the way down to verse 32. The word of God is read in this manner. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And sit on thrones... Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 31 says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he might swift, sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Somebody say prayed. All right, say that again. Say prayed. All right. That your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Somebody say faith. All right. Now I'm going to take you to, I want to take you to Acts. Take you to Acts now. Go to Acts. Twenty-eight. I'm gonna take my time in, in this morning. This afternoon. Right. Acts twenty-eight, and I want to go to verse two. Acts 28, and I want to go to verse 2. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. 
And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, somebody say sticks. Somebody say fire. Right? A viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the natives saw the creature hanging on his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Whom, though he escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Somebody say suffered no harm. All right. However, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But after they looked for a long time and saw no harm come upon him, they changed their minds and said, he was a God. Lift up your hands. Lift them up. Come on. Repeat this when we say, Lord. It's okay. You can say it loud. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, illuminate my spirit with the revelation of the word of God. I establish it and I receive it right now. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Okay, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You may be seated. You may be seated. Okay? I want to talk to you for a couple minutes under this title. I want you to take notes. I want to talk to you for a couple minutes under this title. May your faith fail not. May your faith fail not. Okay? May your faith fail not. I want to talk to you guys about the faith. Now, the first thing that I want everybody here to understand is that God created you to be an unstoppable force in the earth realm. Okay, I'm, I'm going to repeat that. God created you to be an unstoppable force in the earth realm. Anything that God creates is special. Can some, somebody agree? Anything he creates, but we're not just anything. We are the crown of all of God's creation. There is no one that's been created with more intricacies than mankind. Then somebody say hallelujah. There's no one that has been created with more intricacies. We are the crown pastor of all of his creation. And not only are you the crown of all of his creation, God destined you and I to be the representators 
of who he is. That's why the Bible says he created us in his image and in his likeness. You are a representative. You represent the living God. That's why you don't only have his image, but you have his likeness. The image is that you look like him. The image is that you look like him, but the likeness is that you behave like him. Can somebody say amen? amen. And so God created you to be an unstoppable force, an outstanding force. Yet mankind has been confused as to his ability to operate in this manner. Mankind has been confused. Mankind has been deceived into behaving way below his inheritance as a child of God. He's been deceived into believing that anything that the enemy wants to do against them, he can do it. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie of the devil. That's a lie of the devil. That's what the Bible says in, in Hosea. It says, for my people perish for lack of knowledge. And this week, on all of these services, you're going to increase your knowledge and you're going to get back to your position in the spirit and you're going to begin to manifest that position in Jesus' name. Amen. Through the understanding of the word. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13, because my people had no knowledge, they went into captivity. So all captivity is for lack of knowledge. That's what all captivity is for, for lack of knowledge. So long as you don't have knowledge, the enemy can enslave you and he can keep you captive when you were never created to be captive or to be enslaved by anything or any situation. You are supposed to have total dominion over every single circumstance and over every situation. Can somebody say amen? Can somebody say amen? Now, the Bible says that the Lord looked at Peter and he says, Peter, I want you to understand. I've spoken over you who you really are. See, God doesn't speak to you what you look like right now. God speaks to you who you really are. God says to him, you are Peter. That's who he is in the spirit. That's the unstoppable him. That's the empower him. That's the heal him. He said, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I shall build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Meaning, all of the strategies of the devil will not be able to prevail against you so long as you're operating by revelation. Somebody say revelation. Somebody say revelation. Whenever you operate with revelation, you cannot be stopped by all of the powers of the enemy. The only, the only, see, says, Upon this revelation that you got. See, he, he says, who do men say that I am? Some say Jeremiah. Some say, like, who do you say that I am? Well, Peter said, you are the Christ. 
He said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. He says, and I say you are Peter. Meaning, when you get revelation of the word, when you get revelation of who God is, then all of a sudden, you begin to tap into who you are in him. Can somebody say amen? amen. And then he says, because now you know who you are in me, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah. Come on, you got to get loose here. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah? The gates of hell cannot prevail against you so long as you have revelation. Why didn't he say that the gates of hell would not prevail before that moment? Because they could. I wish somebody understood what I said. I, the, the reason why he didn't say it prior to that was because they could. See, when you don't have revelation, the devil can prevail. When you have revelation, he can't. That's why the Bible says, for lack of knowledge or lack of rhema, the people perish. Because they don't have revelation. And when you don't have revelation, watch this, you have no faith. The reason why revelation is so important is because revelation activates your faith. See, revelation brings your faith alive. Somebody say faith. Somebody say faith. See, Jesus knew, and I want you to understand this. When you have revelation of the word, when you understand something from the scripture, all of a sudden you begin to understand who you are. Somebody say who I am. Say it again, who I am. When you know who God is, then you begin to understand who you are. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to some people in this church today that are going to leave here knowing exactly who their God is and knowing who they are in God. And the devil's not going to be able to do anything about it in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Oh, glory. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, he says to him, I know. That the gates of hell will not prevail against you based on the revelation that you got. Somebody say revelation. It just means the understanding of the word which produces faith. When you have understanding of the word on where something from the scripture is revealed to you, it produces faith in you so that you're able to operate how God operates. That's why Jesus said to the disciples, if you remain in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you remain in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth doesn't set God free. The truth sets you free to operate how God operates. Amen. And so then he says to him the following. He says, listen. Based on that revelation that activates your faith, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Anything that's trying to come up against you that you are letting frustrate you, listen to me very well. Anything that's coming up against you that you are allowing to frustrate you just means that you don't have enough knowledge in that area. I'm going to go slow. 
I said anything that comes against you that you are letting frustrate you just means in that particular area you don't have enough knowledge. And because you don't have enough knowledge in that particular area, you don't have enough faith to stay calm in the midst of the storm. What is the devil doing? He's sifting you. When the devil comes in, he comes in to sift you to see if what's really in you is solid. When the sifting happens, whatever is not solid goes up in the air. But whatever is solid falls down in the net, and that's how they collect the wheat. The wheat falls down and stands. The shaft goes up in the air. So whenever it is a sifting, it's to sift what's heavy and what's light, what's genuine and what's fake. He says, the enemy's going to come and sift you as wheat. He wants to know what part of you is really solid. What part of you is really standing on the word of God. What part of you is really not being moved and not being shaken? And he says the following to him. He says, I pray for you that your faith failed you not. I pray that your faith failed you not. In other words, he was saying to him, the revelation that you got about me, I'm the Christ. I pray that you remember that when the opposition comes. And we know that he didn't remember the word when the opposition came because they said, you sound like him. And he says, no, I don't. I don't even know who that is. What happened? He didn't have enough of the revelation to be able to stand against the pressure that was coming up against him. Whenever you are, listen, whenever you're being pressured by any circumstance, whether it be a family circumstance, whether it be a personal circumstance, whether it be a financial circumstance, you are supposed to have enough understanding inside of you to look, to look at that situation, shake it off like nothing happened. I wish somebody understood. I, by the time this meeting is over, I'm telling you, something on the inside of you is going to rise up. And you're going to tell the devil, you bit me, but you cannot poison me. You didn't hear what I said. There's a difference. There is a difference between being beaten and being poisoned. Can somebody say amen? Somebody say amen. I want you to lift up both your hands. Lift them up. Lift them up. Say, Lord. Say it loud. Say, Lord. Increase my faith. That my faith fails not. All right? The only thing that he said to him when the enemy was going to come in, he only warned him about one thing. He says, listen, what, it don't matter how many devils the devil has. Oh, my. It don't matter how many schemes are being prepared against you. It don't matter what strategy they're trying to attack you from. It don't matter if they're coming from the north, the south, the east, or the west. It don't matter if they come walking or by chariots. None of that matters. It don't matter how many millions of demons are coming up against you. The only thing that I warn you of is that your faith, oh, my goodness, fails you now because your faith is in. Somebody say faith. He says, your faith is enough. It don't matter what the enemy's doing. Somebody say, my faith is enough. The only thing that the devil wants 
It's your faith to fail. He's coming up against your marriage for your faith to fail. He's coming up against your money for your faith to fail. He's coming up against your health for your faith to fail. He's attacking your mind for your faith to fail. But I'm speaking to a church whose faith will not fail in the name of Jesus. You're going to stand by faith. How does your faith not fail? That's what these days are going to be about. How does your faith not fail? Because if there's something that we're struggling with right now, Pastor, if there's something that the, 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 the church is just being moved, it's just being shaken, it's because a lot of people are questioning, are they really in the faith? And some of our behaviors make whether we're in the faith questionable. I'm telling you, you got to, you got to, you got to know in your spirit. How faith works. After you are saved, write this down in bold letters. After you are saved, the most important thing that you need to know is how faith works. After salvation, you got to become a master in the faith because everything in your life is going to be according to your faith. Oh, glory. Look what he says to him. He says, I prayed. I didn't pray for you to get a new house. I didn't pray for you to get a new car. I didn't pray for you to get a new donkey. I didn't pray for you to have armor. I just prayed that your faith. I'm just praying, Simon, that your faith doesn't fail you. How many of us are struggling with something and our faith is failing us? And all of a sudden we're looking at the situation and we stop looking at the word. We're hearing the situation and we stop hearing what God said. Uh, how many of us are in a place where our faith is failing us? And I'm telling you right now, all you need to do is emphasize that your faith fails you not. It don't matter how rebellious that child is, God can change him. It don't matter how far that husband is, God can bring him. It don't matter what decree the doctor says, you can be healed. So long as your faith fails you. Can somebody say, I got it. Now we're going to go into the faith. Somebody say the faith. Okay, let's try it again. Somebody say the faith. We're going to go into the faith. Everybody in here got to be taking notes. I'm telling you what God's going to give you in these three days. It's going to change your life because all I'm going to do, God sent me here and the Lord said, all I want you to do is tell them how to live by faith. For these three days, four services, that's what I'm going to tell you. How to live by faith. Because when you understand that, you're going to have to get a second service for this church. How many believe that something is coming? How many believe that something great is coming? So I'm going to show you how to live by faith. Hallelujah. Now write this down. The first thing that you need to you understand. 
faith is the master key to a world no limits. Faith is the master key to a world of no limits. Where's your limit? Your limit is in your faith. You are experiencing as much as you believe. I'm going to repeat that again. You are experiencing as much as you believe. So if your faith increases, everything about you increases. You don't need to be changing anybody. Oh, God, if you will only change him. Oh, if you will do something with this person. If you will only get me a new job. Forget about that. All you need to do is increase your faith. If you become a well, they can keep you in a fish tank. Once you grow, everything around you changes. Oh, God. That's the key. It's your growth. Notice what Jesus says. I prayed that your faith fails you not. This is all about faith. When Jesus said that to Simon, he was telling him what this is all about. This is all about faith. Okay? So the first thing that you need to learn about faith is that faith is the master key to a world of what? I can't hear you. Of what? Faith is the master key. Now watch this. Four things that faith will do when you put it as the master key. Number one, write this down. Write this down very quickly. Number one, faith will see the invisible. When your faith is strong, you don't look at what is seen. You look at what is not seen. What does the Bible say? We walk by and not by. We walk by and not by. The devil wants to keep you in the sight realm. Because that's where he operates. God wants to bring you into the invisible realm. See, the devil doesn't know how to fight you in the spirit. He only knows how to fight you in the natural. That's why he wants you to look at what you see. If you go into the spirit realm, he doesn't recognize how to fight you in that realm. See, this world is built on facts. Somebody say facts. Come on, somebody say facts. God is built on truth. So your biggest problem is distinguishing before, be, between a fact and the truth. So the devil is bringing before you facts so that you can negate truth. So that's why we don't look at what is seen. We look at what is not seen. You don't ever call yourself depressed and don't ever call yourself defeated. That's fact. That's, but that's not truth. The truth is that you are more than a conqueror, oh God. The truth is that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. go to the mirror, look at yourself, say, man, look how ugly I look. Look how much weight I put on. Don't ever say that. 
Watch this. You got to look at the mirror by faith. And I look good. I'm built. You didn't hear what I said. I'm blessed. Oh, God. You got to look at it. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. There, are, there are many of us struggling with facts. And we are confusing them with truth. And listen, the devil is not defeating you. It's your lack of faith. What's stopping you is not the devil. Notice that Jesus didn't say the strength of the devil. He never mentioned him. He says, Satan has come to sift you. He didn't say, but you know Satan is big. But you know Satan is powerful. You know he's got a lot of demons. He didn't talk about none of that. Because Jesus doesn't care. It don't matter what, what, what weapon it is. It don't matter if it's a gun. It don't matter if it's a slingshot. It don't matter if it's a sword. It don't matter if it's a bazooka. It don't matter if it's an atomic bomb. Jesus says, the weapon may be formed, but it's... It shall not, the size of the weapon doesn't matter. All that matters is your. Faith sees the invisible. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 27, notice what it says. By faith, speaking about Moses, he forsook Egypt. That's what you can see. Now fearing the wrath of the king, that's what you can see. For he endured, somebody say endured. Oh God, somebody say endured. As seeing him who is invincible. Invisible. He endure as seeing him that's invisible. So long as you're looking at God, you will endure. The only way that you don't endure is if you stop looking at God and start looking at what's present. How many people have given up on their health, have given up on their marriage, have given up on their destiny? Because they're looking at what they see and they're not enduring as looking at him that's invisible. And I'm telling you today, faith doesn't do that. Faith looks at him that's invisible. And it endures. Somebody say endure. What did the Bible say? The race is not given to the swift, nor to the strong, but to him that, to him that endure all the way to the. What do you do when you endure? Watch this. What do you do when you, when you endure? Let, let, write this down. Some of you looking at me like, uh, write it down. What do you do when you endure? You are resisting the fact. Oh. You are resisting 
the fact. My God. You are resisting the fact. With the truth. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Everybody turn there in your Bibles. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Pastor, you got it? First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Thank you, Jesus. I love this church. How many are learning? Okay. Okay, we're going to keep going. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Turn in your Bible. Open up your Bible. Hallelujah. Primera de Pedro 5.8, amigo. Ajá. ¿Cuánto hispano están aquí? All right. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Now, what does it say, Pastor? Can you read that out loud? Be alert. Continue. And of a sober mind. Ajá. Continue. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a what? Now, he's like a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He's a cat. He, he's like one, but he's not one. Can you say amen? amen? Now, if I put on the costume of a lion, I look like a lion, but I'm not one. I'm like a lion. Can somebody say amen? Because we've been treating the devil... Like he's a lion. He's not. He's like a lion. Continue. Looking for someone to devour. Continue. Wait a minute. What you got to do? Let me talk to the side. What you got to do? You got to resist him. Your job is to resist him. He comes out you showing you all these facts. When he comes out showing you what the doctor said. And he comes out showing. And it, what he wants you to do is to agree with him. Your job is not to agree. Your job is to resist. You don't agree with the devil. You resist him. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. You resist him. The Bible calls that in Hebrews 11, enduring. How you resist him? Continue, Pastor. Wait a minute. Standing firm. Standing firm in the faith. How you got to stand? Firm. Now watch this. Three scriptures. How many verses? Okay. How many verses? Three will make you firm 
in any subject if you know from your spirit. Oh my God. Why do I say three, Pastor? For out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, anything shall be established. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. What did Jesus say? If there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the? Just three verses that you know on any particular subject that the devil is trying to abuse you in will make you firm. Watch this. There are members who don't even know three verses. And you wonder why the devil's getting away with so much stuff. You are supposed to resist them firm in the faith. Not just with a little bit of faith. You're supposed to resist them firm. Three verses that you know about not being afraid but being courageous. Just three will take away all fear. Just three verses that you know that you can pull from your heart. Just three. That you can call out will. I want you to think about what three verses you know pertaining to any subject. And you're going to see how many of us don't even know two. You know how many promises are in the scripture? You know how many promises, saints? 8,000. The Bible has 8,000 promises. And just with three you will kill. Watch this. Just with three, the devil can't stand. There are 8,000 in there. 8,000. Resist them firm in the faith. I'm telling you, there is something that's going to break loose in these days. That's going to launch you to another level. And the devil will not know what to do with you another day in your life. But you have to get to a place where you see the invisible. What are you supposed to see? The invisible. The invisible is the word. What's the invisible? What's the invisible? Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2 and 3. The word is the invisible. Okay? Let me take you there real quick, real quick. Because we're just getting started. My clock is not working. Right, I don't see no clock. <laughs> All right, go to Hebrews eleven three. Okay, Hebrews eleven three. I want you to see this. Hebreo once tres, amigo, once tres. Okay, Pastor, what does it say? By faith. 
By what? Faith is the invisible word in action. What does the Bible say in Romans chapter 10, verse 19? Now faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. See, when you're operating by faith, it's a real force. Somebody say force. Somebody say force. It's an invisible force, but it's a force. It's a real force. Though you can't see it, it's there. You can't see the, the force of, of uh, uh, magnetism, you know, the law of how you put two magnets and they come together. And you can't see that. But you put a magnet next to another one and you start pulling it and it starts moving. Who says who's moving the magnet? The invisible force. Because it's a force, though you can't see it, it's there. The same thing is with the force of faith. You can't see it, but it creates things. It will get you into your original intent. It will make you a star in the earth realm that the devil cannot stop. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. All right. Continue, Pastor. We understand that the universe was formed by God's command. We understand that the universe was formed of God's command. Can you see the command of God? You can't see it. I'm speaking right now, and you can't see my words. You can hear them, but you can't see them. But they're there. Can somebody say amen? amen. Continue. What is seen was what? Listen to me. When you operate by faith, you change what is seen. You can change what is seen. Don't worry about what is seen. Use your faith to change it. What is seen came out by faith. So don't allow what is seen to frustrate your faith. Use your faith to change what is seen. Continue, Pastor. What is seen was not made out of what is visible. In other words, what is seen was made from the it was made out of the invisible and the devil wants you to reverse and allow what you're seeing to frustrate your faith. You know how many people are using what they're seeing to speak to their faith instead of speaking to what is seen by faith? 
And they got the thing backwards, and they feel good about it too. But you don't know what I'm experiencing. And look at this bump right here. And look, my kneecap is all messed up. Listen, you better recognize who you are in the spirit. In the spirit realm, your knee works. Knee, I command you in the name of Jesus to work. Say amen. amen. Going into your bank account, talk about, man, I'm broke. Don't you say that. I thank God for Philippians chapter 4. He shall supply all my needs. How many needs? All my needs. Don't you, anytime you look at your bank account, say, he shall supply all my needs. Don't let your bank account speak to your faith. Your faith speaks to your bank account. Let's write this down. Number one, faith sees the invisible. Number two, write this down, please. Faith thinks the unthinkable. It thinks the unthinkable. Listen to me. This is why the devil doesn't want you to, to, to enter into faith. Because it will literally think beyond Facts. It will think beyond facts. Because it's in another realm. It's higher. It's in the realm of truth. So it literally thinks the unthinkable. Could you imagine how everybody felt, Pastor? Paul is putting sticks together. A viper of the most dangerous order comes out and bites him. I got a message just on that. I got a message. That's for another season when I come back. Let me just give you this real quick. Vipers only hide when there's no fire. As soon as the fire was turned on, the viper had to get out. It, only, it was only hiding there because there was no fire. Problems, circumstance will always come out when you turn the heat up. When you turn your spirit up and you start living a life of fire and a life in the spirit, problems will start fleeing. They will start leaving because they can only hide where there's no But that's another message. So, pastor, <laughs> I'll come back for that. <laughs> pastor, now I want you to think at the realm of faith Paul's operating in. He's putting sticks together for a fire. A viper comes out. He looks at the viper and sees the invisible. He doesn't say, 
Ah, a viper. He doesn't even acknowledge the viper. As far as he was concerned, nothing bit him. He looks at the viper and doesn't even acknowledge that it's a snake. He looks at it, shakes it off, and keeps about his business like nothing happened. You know why? Because his mind was so drunk with the word of God, he did not even have time to acknowledge the enemy. It literally thinks the unthinkable. Whenever you are acknowledging the situation, you're making the situation bigger than God. Paul didn't have time for that. He saw the viper, shook it off, and kept gathering sticks like nothing happened. Could you imagine being so filled with the word of God and being so intoxicated with the truth that whatever fact the devil is trying to bring your way, it's not even acknowledged. He did not even acknowledge it. There's some people that are staying up at night with a problem. You're staying up at night worrying about that child. This is the last night you will ever stay up at night because the devil is trying to come against your mind. This is the last night. Somebody say, think the unthinkable. Say it again. Say, think the unthinkable. Say, see the invisible. He doesn't even think of the venom of the viper. He just kept going, and everybody that's in the fact realm, they are in the realm of facts. They're looking at him saying, wow, this guy truly was a murderer. He said he escaped the sea, but justice finds him on land. And they're looking at him saying, wait a minute. Give it two minutes. This guy's not going to last. And they, and can you imagine them talking about one, two, three, four. They, that, 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 that viper is supposed to kill you in 20 seconds. That's how long it takes to go through your body. 20 seconds. So they're looking at him and they, they're all standing back. He's, he's going to begin swelling up and he's going to fall dead. And after they look for a while, they change their mind. He said, wow. This brother must be a God, meaning he's operating in another realm. How did he tap into that realm? By faith. He tapped into that realm by faith. And what would have killed another did not even face him. What will kill another on your street will not face you. What will shake another will not shake you. And what will poison another will not poison you. And what will stop another will not stop you. And what will get sick another will not get you sick. I'm going to preach this until you're going to go home and you're going to say, I see the invisible and I think the unthinkable. I'm going to preach this thing until you're dreaming about it. Amen. Say by faith. God wants us to go up. 
He wants us to rise above the circumstances that are in the fact realm. And I pray that your faith fails you not. Simon, I pray that your faith fails you not. That's all I'm praying. That your faith fails you not. I close with this. And I'm going to make an altar call. Because tonight is the beginning of another realm in your life. How many believe it? How many believe it? Something extraordinary is going to come out of this week. And it's going to shake this church into another realm. And it's going to launch this leadership into another realm. And it's going to launch the membership of this church to another realm. How many believe it? It's by faith. I'm going to close with this. Number one, faith sees the invisible. It thinks the unthinkable. And it conquers the unconquerable. It conquers. Let me tell you something. I'm, and I'm going to be teaching on this the next three services. You don't want to miss a service. We're going to see faith conquer the unconquerable. Faith will change circumstances that look unconquerable. Faith will do it. Faith will do it. Tu fe puede conquistar lo inconquistable. Your faith can conquer the unconquerable. If you would just tap into that realm and you start living by the word. And you start resisting. Somebody say resist. Wow, somebody say resist. Now watch this. The devil is a sprinter, but he's not a long runner. So he'll sprint with you, but you don't know he's getting tired. What he wants you to do is to give up in that sprint. Because if you keep running, he'll get tired. The Bible says that the devil came to Jesus and tempted him. And when he saw that Jesus was answering with the word, he said, and he left them for a season until an opportune time. So he'll go with you toe to toe. And it seems like the devil's coming at you from every corner, but he's only a sprinter. He's not a fast track runner. He won't last the distance. That's why it says, he that endures to thee. He that endures to the Faith will conquer the unconquerable. How can Mary have a baby with no man? By How can Jesus rise from the dead? By faith. How can Lazarus come out the tomb after being in there for four days? 
it conquers All you got to do is get your faith up. Your faith must come up. That's all you have to do. You don't know how life, listen, you don't know how life was really meant to be lived until your faith is up. Because we are struggling for scraps at the bottom of our inheritance when we're supposed to be in the kingdom. Enjoying everything that's with the king. When the prodigal son lost his faith, he came to himself, and then he said one day, how many of my father's servants have bread enough to spare? And I'm here starving for food. Because he lost his faith. When he lost his faith, everything else started falling apart. When he gets his faith back, everything else started coming together again. Somebody say, conquer the unconquerable. Say it again, say, conquer the unconquerable. Notice what the Bible says right here. Hebrews 11.33. Who through faith subdue kingdoms. Hebrews 11.33. Work righteousness. Obtain promises. And stop the mouth of lions. How does Daniel work himself out of the lion's den? How? By faith. He got in the lion's den. And the lions did not see lunch. Folks, we will never know the fullness of really what happened in there. He slept with the lions. And suffered no harm. How? How did the three Hebrew boys go into the fire and did not get burned? How? By faith. It conquers the unconquerable. What can stop the mouth of lions other than faith? The Bible says that when his enemies were thrown in there, before they reached down to the bottom of the pit, they were eaten alive. Before they reached down, the, the lions did not even allow them to touch the ground. Not only did Daniel touch the ground, he slept on it. By faith. I don't know what you're facing today. But by faith, it shall be conquered. I'm going to talk to the side. I don't know what you're facing today. But by faith, it shall be. Stand on your feet.